Raleigh looked. So let's talk about those things tonight. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. My memory of Fran and why I'm nostalgic, I guess, for it is once I had survived Hurricane Hazel back in 1954 when I was 10 years old, I didn't want to see any more hurricanes, quite frankly. And I was hoping to get out of this life without having to go through directly another hurricane. Well, I did make it, and citizens of Raleigh did make it in September of uh, 1996. Uh, I remarked earlier that this was uh, September the 10th. September the 10th, I think, by the meteorologist, is regarded as the the high point, the midpoint of the hurricane season. On average, about as many hurricanes and storms occur before September 10th as occur after September 10th. And so I thought tonight was a good night to remember the last hurricane that really whacked Raleigh. And uh, when it was proceeding up the East Coast, it was located between two other hurricanes, the the E hurricane and the G hurricane. E uh, before Fran, the F hurricane and the and the G hurricane, um, and uh, it was coming up the coast, and it, it struck the coast of of North Carolina about uh, the Cape Fear, about Cape Fear, which is near Wilmington, um, early on the in the morning hours or late in the evening hours of September fifth, dash six, and uh, I was doing this show. It was a a two hour show then, and Doctor Doctor Andrew Taylor a political scientist from uh, from uh, NC State was to be our, was, in fact, was our guest that night. And I had said to someone who was might have been in charge, uh, do we need to, to think about uh, sending my guest home and uh, concentrating on the weather? And uh, they thought the hurricane, I think, was going to go east of here, uh, not come virtually up uh, what we would call I-40. But it, it did not do that. It came up I-40, and uh, uh, but uh, the feelings were that it was not going to come directly on Raleigh. And the news person, I think, had gone home at about 11, and uh, uh, we went. Dr. Taylor and I went about our business. He was on 9 to 11, and we were talking about politics. Uh, him being a professor of political scientist, and uh, a caller, one of our callers, like I hope you will be tonight, called and said. Tom, we're about to have a hurricane out here, so we think maybe it would be better if we you switched topics tonight and did not talk about politics and save that for a couple of weeks from now and uh, focused on uh, the weather that we were going to have. So from about that time, which was probably about 9.30, and, and the show that had begun at 9 o'clock and was to last to 11, uh, until, well, I stayed until 2 a.m. We concentrated on the hurricane. We had lost uh, power although we have generators, but we lost our weather source. Uh, we lost the uh, weather channel and uh, uh, all the stuff coming in from the outside uh, early on in that particular uh, evening. And so there was me and my producer, the equivalent of, of John, uh, and uh, the weather person, the news person had left. I think some of those people ultimately came back. But basically we were, we were here by ourselves and uh, confronting, uh, a storm that we did not really know that much about because it was not performing as it was supposed to perform. It ultimately passed right over Raleigh, I think, the eye about 3 a.m., which was at a time that I was out 
trying to get from the radio station to my home in West Raleigh. A really good time to be out. And I think the top wind that was uh, was uh, clocked at the Raleigh-Durham Airport was about 80 miles per hour, but it was raining, and then the, the storm produced a lot of rain and hefty winds, although as it moved north, it degraded pretty rapidly after it got away from the coast. The thing ultimately about this hurricane that will be remarkable for Raleigh is the number of trees that went down, and that's what we want to talk about. And if you experienced that, if you uh, had trees, I know I went into an area uh, off of Wade Avenue trying to find a shortcut to the radio station because trees were down everywhere, and I got into a situation that if people had not gone out and put up signs saying, don't go this way, uh, you can't get out, you know, it, 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 the, there were enough trees down that it was very difficult to get anywhere. And uh, a little bit later, uh, after we take a break here in a moment, I, I'll tell you how long it took me to get out of the place where the radio station is out to uh, Capitol Boulevard and begin my journey home. Something that usually took about 15 or 20 minutes took an hour and was more dangerous than I wanted it to be. Tom Kearney here, sharing my memories of Hurricane Fran. 24 years ago, this past Sunday, uh, that being uh, uh, September the 6th, that being the anniversary, uh, Hurricane Fran visited us, and uh, it is why uh, I begin to shake a little in my boots even now when we know that the hurricane may be approaching us. And we uh, also spend a lot of time concentrating on uh, the storms and the potential storms off our coast. And we do, in fact, have some out there now. I don't think there's really much chance of danger, but that's the reason that you'll want to stay tuned to uh, uh, the, the weather on, on WPTF to keep up with what's going on. We are today, according to the meteorologist, just at the exact mem- middle of the, numerically, the uh, the season for hurricanes. There, there is many that occur after September 10th through the end of the hurricane season, which is November 30th, as it occur before it. And some of the most dangerous ones, Hurricane uh, Hazel, for instance, the, the benchmark hurricane for eastern North Carolina, occurred in the second week of uh, October in 1954. So, But I'd like to hear from you, if you can tell us about the trees in your yard or the wind. Uh, recently we had a call from a lady who has been one of my regular listeners for, for a long time, and she reminded me of the night uh, that Fran came through and the fact that she was sitting in the living room listening to the pine trees bend over and snap and other trees to go down. And I said, well, where was I? I remembered her, her, her husband's name at that point. And he was a friend of ours, too. And she said, oh, he's upstairs asleep. But she reminded of me of this within the last month. So you end up with memories, and that's what produces the nostalgia. And I remember this uh, time when I felt safer about hurricanes than I do now. 919-860-9783 is the number. Uh, Don't be bashful and put in your two cents worth if you were here. And it will be an education for your fellow citizens and for those who were younger, too young, or who weren't here at the time to know about when when the hurricane, the last major hurricane, came directly to Raleigh. 919 860-9783. We'll be back. Tonight, uh, observing two anniversaries that have gone past. One last Sunday is the anniversary of Fran coming 
to uh, to Raleigh and to the Triangle, and uh, tomorrow will be the anniversary of 9-11, and we'll get around to talk about it a little bit later. Todd's on the line. Todd, what, what's on your mind tonight vis-a-vis the hurricane? Well, good evening to you, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Well, uh, when I think about Fran, I, I've got bittersweet memories about Fran because I know for several days before um, the remnants of Fran came through our area here in Moore County, you know, we had had several days of steady rain and everything. So the thing about it is whenever the remnants of the storm came through and the winds that were part of it came through, uh, it, it took down a beautiful maple tree that had really been sort of like the, you know, the, the top attraction, so to speak, if you want to call it that, in our backyard, you know, for all the years that we were there and everything. So it's like when well, that yeah. thing came down, it was just, I don't know, it was just, it just, it was just like a, a member of the family. Well, let's say that's what happened in Fran that made it really different uh, because it wasn't the most powerful storm or the most wet storm, but it had rained so much that a lot of really big trees were just blown down. And, and that was the problem where you were, I said, probably in Robbins and uh, uh, in Raleigh and, and just about anywhere, is the number of trees that went down. A lot of them are really big old trees. Yeah, but like I said, just, you know, it was just like a member of the family died. And the thing about it is, too, um, I know that uh, um, our next-door neighbor and his oldest son, um, you know, uh, had chainsaws and cut up the tree for us and everything, you know, and just really sort of think back, you know, you know, both of them have passed away, you know, since then. And of course, it was 11 months later, you know, when my dad, you know, passed away from cancer and everything. So just, you know, so it was just, that that time period is kind of bittersweet, but I mean, it was really, it's really nice to remember, you know, you, you know, your neighbors helping you out, you know, in times like that, you know, that's, that's just the way that, you know, that we grew up. You know. Right, right, and uh, just about every day I came home for six months, you could hear a chainsaw somewhere going because there were trees to be. I didn't get mine. I only lost one tree, but it was a cedar tree, and you don't like to lose cedar trees. And it really had a nice smell to it, and I had to stack it up out front. I offered it to a guy, and he was going to come back and get it. The only thing is he never did come back and get it, but I lost one tree and one branch. And my brother-in-law, who loves to run a chainsaw, uh, all you had to do was ask him, and he, he'd go for it, and so on. Well, Todd, I'm going to move on only because we've got a couple of other people tonight, and we want to honor them, too. But uh, I'm going to remember that tree in the middle of your backyard, okay? Yeah, like I said, it was a beautiful maple tree, so it's, just, it's, it's nice to have those memories. And you miss those leaves now, don't you? Yes, I do. That was that was one thing about the getting it to fall. It was just, that tree was just so beautiful and everything, all you right, know. We, but, we yeah. have, Time goes on. Yep, we lost uh, in our neighborhood, not in my yard, but we did lose a, a couple of maple trees and a sycamore tree, you know, the ones that the bark slips off of. And right. So on. Okay, Todd, thank you. Take, Take care, Todd. Okay, appreciate it. All right. Uh, we're going down to Winders, Georgia now, and you'll say, well, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about Fran coming to Raleigh. Well, I happen to know that the guy on the other end of the telephone was living probably in Johnston County at the time. Is that right? That's correct, Tom. Uh, first of all, first of all, uh, Hurricane Hazel. I, I remember it well. I was a student at King's Business College in Raleigh, and the storm first started hit Raleigh. I took several girls from the school over to where they lived on 
Lunch Street, so I spent that storm in a house with, with several girls from the college. But it took me many, many hours to get back to Johnson County later on in the day. Okay, I understand completely. And anybody I was telling our producer, who's a young fellow, that anybody who survived, or who came through Fran, not Fran, uh, and, then, and Hazel, Fran and Hazel, that has not got to forget it, you know. Yeah, never forget it. And then Fran, we were living in Johnson County, and of course being at night, and it was scary because all our outside lights and everything were gone. But to make a long story short, we lost a few pecan trees on the farm, and we had a lot of walnut trees, and I mean not walnut, hickory, hickory trees, and we lost maybe 10 or 12 hickory trees, and it took days and weeks and months to clean everything up. But uh, don't care about going through too many, too many more storms like that. You, you and I have had our two. That's enough. And, I, and right. one of the nice things is not many hurricanes actually go into Georgia. A few pass across it. But That's mostly, right. We've been, been pretty blessed here in the last 14 years in Georgia. When I was just there, as I was stationed in Okinawa, we had a lot of typhoons. I went through a lot of those uh, living, yep. typhoon, uh, living on Okinawa. Yeah, they've had some bad ones over there just recently, too. Well, right. I am going to go because I have time to, to slip one more caller in before the news comes on. And then Take we're care, talk Tom. It's good to, talk, good to talk to you. Yeah, it's good to know you're out there. Take care of yourself, okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. My friend from Winders, Georgia, where he moved in, in retirement after living in eastern North Carolina. And, uh, John, who did you say was the next caller here? Uh, James from Raleigh. James from Raleigh. James, good evening. You're on WPTF. We've got a couple of minutes before the news. Yeah, I'm a first-time caller. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I lived through uh, uh, Hazel. I, I was in uh, in Bogal in, uh, in uh, 1954, and um, Hazel came right through Bogal, and uh, we we didn't know we were in, the, in right in the middle of the eye because uh, uh, we thought it was all gone, and it was very calm. And um, and uh, so I went went outdoors, and uh, I was 14 years old, and uh, I went out with my bicycle, and I was riding around town, and uh, right in the middle of the eye, and uh, I had no idea that the other side of it was coming back through. So I never forget, never forget that. That was a big surprise. You learned your lesson there, isn't it? Because that's the thing they would tell you is that it's going to get quiet and it's going to sound like it's over, but don't go out because there's going to be some more coming, and a lot of times what yeah. comes is worse than what came yeah, to the Yeah, Bogal was right in the middle of the eye. It was a very bad storm. There was a lot of damage down there on, uh, on the coast. You know, uh, oh, yeah. The wind was blowing at, I think they clocked it in Kinston at 125 miles an hour, so which is just up the road from Burgall, and that land's flat down there. And I'm sure a lot of trees went down and everything, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad you I think Fern came through the middle of the, night, the middle of the night, didn't it? Right, yeah. The nice thing about Hazel was she was in the middle of the day, but Fran was, yeah, it was in, was the, in the middle of the night. We're going to have to go, but I want you to call okay. again sometime. You, you're a new okay. caller, and you're the one we want to come back again, okay? Sure. Take care. Okay. A caller from Burgall down near Wilmington uh, uh, with uh, a report on uh, Hurricane Hazel and, and uh, uh, Hurricane Fran. We'll be back after the news. And word before we go on with tonight's uh, nostalgia show. The heat is still with us. 
uh, and it's as hard on your car as it is on you. If your battery is weak, the heat will speed up the failure rate of your battery in your car. Your AC is working even harder in the hot weather, particularly removing the humidity from the air, and it's not keeping you cool. And if it's not keeping you cool, then you need to bring your car or take your car, which is right. Bring or take. Bring it to, to, the important thing is to get it to King's Auto Service. The highly trained technicians at King's will evaluate the engine cooling system, which also includes hoses, belts, and yes, even tires. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at King's are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would charge to replace it. This usually occurs, by the way, at about 150,000 miles. Call King's tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Loop, as well as as a state inspection station, are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto car care since 1946. That's 1038 uh, Northwest Street for King's Auto Service. Tom Kearney here. Nostalgia tonight. Uh, As I said at the beginning of the program, and if you're a regular listener, you know that uh, I like to commemorate uh, passing days. We like to as they said back in the early 1940s, remember Pearl Harbor. And uh, I, I can remember some radio pronouncers back 20 years ago saying that we would forget 9-11. Well, we haven't totally forgotten it because we are going to to talk a little bit about it as we have talked about hurricanes, Fran and, and uh, Hazel and others tonight. And indeed, uh, uh, if you have a, a word that you want to say, along with the listeners that we've already heard from about the hurricanes that have visited us, particularly Fran in 1996, and you want to put your two cents worth in, you can still do that too. But we're going to alter our focus a little bit and remind you that it was, uh, and the anniversary would be tomorrow, uh, on uh, 9-11 in the year 2000, uh, 2001, that uh, the... Uh, attack took place on the, uh, the the towers in New York and uh, the Pentagon, and uh, uh, what they believe was going to be an attack, uh, perhaps on the Capitol or the White House, the plane that crashed uh, after the uh, people on the plane uh, tried to take it, take it over uh, in somewhere in Pennsylvania. But what I want you to, to tell me about is your remembrance of that. It's a, it's a day like Pearl Harbor, a day that would be remembered. And I was, was I will share my memory with you, and I w- would like for you to share your memory. One thing that I did uh, about, uh, well, nine years ago, I think it was on the 10th anniversary of 9-11, uh, that uh, one of the television networks, it may have been the History Channel, showed the uh, coverage by the different television networks in real time, just as if you were watching it and it were taking place. And I had watched different pieces of it and sort of got a, a fairly good timeline for the history of uh, the, the 9-11 uh, disaster. But uh, I decided I would just watch this, and, and, and I had done this for at least one other thing in my life, and that is the coverage of the assassination of President Kennedy. And if you ever get a chance to see the the timeline coverage in real time, uh, starting with uh, earlier coverage before 
anything had happened through the the time that the the plane had left uh, Dallas and had gone come back to Washington, you should watch that too. So I watched this, and it was uh, horrific. Uh, and the thing that I remember most was the amount of dust. And you can remember if you remember the pictures of the planes going into the, the towers in in New York, the amount of uh, dust that came down, and and the fact that indeed a lot of people were had their firemen and the like were had their um, uh, health affected by the amount of dust that they breathed in. But that's the thing in watching the pictures of people running and trying to get away from the buildings or falling or running toward them, trying to help the firemen and the firemen trying to, to get into the, the buildings and, and recover people. That's the thing that I remember from watching this timeline presentation. And as I said, it was about 10 years ago. I'm I'm guessing that that, that kind of thing will occur again. That is, the, the network, maybe the History Channel or, or some something like that will show it, and uh, it would be a good thing to use that as a way of commemorating the almost 3,000 people that were killed and the horrible, horrible disaster of the attack on the World Trade Towers in New York. Uh, I was driving to work. I was supposed to be at the WPTF uh, at, uh, I think, 8.45, because I became the control board operator at, at 9 o'clock, and so I was driving to, and for some reason, I think I was on a street, uh, the street, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, Anderson Drive, and I can't remember, that doesn't make sense, because that's not the way I would normally go to work, but something may have taken me there uh, out of the way, but anyway, when I got to work, one of the towers was just about, or had just been hit, and uh, little did we know that another the other tower would be hit, and but within an hour and a half, both of them would have crumbled to the earth. Now, I have to admit, the first thing I thought, being a student of history and a little bit knowledgeable, was that something had crashed unintentionally into one of the towers. Um, many people learned, uh, who who did not know, that right at the end of World War Two in 1945, a uh, a bomber flying out of New York, I'm not sure where it was going or why, actually crashed into the Empire State Building and uh, lodged itself in the building and uh, had to be removed, and the people, the, the pilot and the, the other people that were in it uh, had to be removed. Uh, the Empire State Building is constructed uh, in, in a way different from the World Trade Towers, and things were smaller. Oh, there are a lot of reasons, and there, there's not any necessary reason for us to explore that. But I went to work, and I got to work, and my colleagues, most of whom are radio people and followers of the news at that time, would uh, have some idea, uh, and they were voicing opinions about uh, whether the uh, a bomb had been set in the towers or whether the collapse would be had been brought about by the crashing of the airplanes as missiles into the towers, and we were finding out about the uh, the uh, plane that had taken off that uh, crashed into the Pentagon, and also about the plane that uh, was uh, prevented from uh, going any further by the passengers taking over and had crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. So, uh, uh, But our, our radio force at WPTF and the other Curtis Media stations reoriented themselves, and, uh, and uh, WPTF, for instance, became really all talk and was uh, getting news in, and... Uh, and also 
entertaining callers who had opinions about what had taken place in New York. And that's where we are now. I want your opinions. How, what, what was your reaction? How did you encounter it? Uh, my wife said she had gone to work and it was in her office and, and, and someone from a different part of her building uh, called and said, uh, Sue, you've got to come over here and watch this. And so she did. And uh, so, as many others did, uh, in the long continuous uh, problem of dealing with the collapsing towers on the morning of um, 9-11, September the 11th in the year 2001. It does not seem like it, is, like it has been that long, but it has been, as of tomorrow morning, 19 years since that happened. And so if you have a comment, if you have a reaction, uh, if you have a story like mine or how you learned about it, or uh, perhaps you were in school and and the, t the televisions in school were rearranged so people could watch what was going on, or a friend called up, or whatever. Tell us your story if you want to. Uh, you're welcome to call 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. And if you have uh, and didn't get a chance to make a further comment on the uh, appearance in 1996 of Hurricane Fran and what the devastation to 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 Raleigh and what took place and the number of trees that came down because of the wet soil and the wind and the rain. You're welcome to call that number also, 919-860-WPTF. We'll be back. 948 is WPTF Radio, the Tom Curtis Show, Thursday night, September the 10th, 2020. John, did you say we had a call or not? I'm not, I'm not sure where we are on that. Uh, we have Russell from Raleigh. Okay. Okay. Thank you. John Sauter, by the way, is our is our uh, producer, and he's here every night, Monday through Thursday, and on Friday we have a different producer. JT will be here tomorrow night, and he'll be overseeing a program of trivia. We hope you'll join us for that. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, good evening, uh, John. I've already forgotten the name that John told me. Uh, Russell from Wake Forest. I'm sorry. Russell from Wake Forest. Good evening, Russell. I'm getting old. I can't remember names anymore. <laughs> Well, not as old as me. I'm 78. But I'm almost. You better hurry because I'm right behind yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> I was working in downtown Raleigh in a large office building, and someone said, you need to come to uh, to the uh, president's office. There was the only TV in the building, a small TV. And uh, the uh, first plane had flown into the the first tower, and so we were watching it, and it seemed like it wasn't, but, uh, and, and, and as you said earlier, you know, yes, we were guessing, you know, a plane, large plane, uh, had uh, just accidentally flown in, but then uh, they were showing all this live, and then they, they, they turned their attention to the second tower, and they said, a second plane has just hit this tower, and I immediately said, we're at war. And everyone in the room, there were eight or ten, of, agreed. But I learned that was I wasn't the uh, only person around the country that said that, it, uh, because the likelihood that two planes would accidentally fly into the two towers within, I think it was about 20 minutes set that that separated them. But uh, the the thing that I learned the next day, there was a lady in the office. Uh, whose daughter lived in Manhattan 
only a, in an apartment building only two blocks uh, north of the towers, and her electricity was off. She heard all this, the, the explosions. She was terrified. Uh, she had no way of knowing what was going on. Her, her radio, nothing was working. So her mother told her what was happening, and, and she said, get out of the building and run north. And she said her daughter ran for, I forget, it was like an hour, hour and a half until uh, she got to uh, Central Park or somewhere and, and talked with others. But uh, it, it was a strange feeling. It was like all of a sudden everything's changed. You know, it was like... You well, uh, yeah, well, now, that actually is the very point that I would want to make, is that all of a sudden, you, you used the term, we were at war, and we, yeah. you know, we had been through the the, the hot war, i.e., uh, yeah. Germany, you know, Japan, and then yeah. we had the Cold War with the Russians, but about, uh, what was it, 1990, the wall came down, and yeah. everything was cool, you know, um, uh, Gorbachev had brought down the wall as President Reagan wanted him to do, and everything. And right. and and we could. I, I'll admit to thinking I could sort of sit back and, for once, we wouldn't have to be quite as nervous as we had been. But we we now it turns out have a different group that we have to be nervous about. Then we are, at, in fact, at war. I think that's something that you you alluded to that's important. And the other thing is, I you know I told you if you were listening that I watched a. a a timeline film, you know, this right. the coverage, and the people like uh, your your friend there were out walking away from it. It was like we don't know what this is, but we're going to get away from this. And if there's no, if the if the traffic is uh, you know all stalled and you can't move, the people were running and people were walking away, walking north, as you said, to get away from right. something that they really didn't know what it was. And so you made some good points there, and so on. And uh, I, I was I lived in Wake Forest when Plan came through, and uh, Greg Fisher had said that he he uh, detected no tornadoes doing that. But in our neighborhood, right behind me, something like a tornado came down. It put down a pine tree. Uh, neighbor two doors from me had a new Camry, and it put the uh, large pine tree right straight down the middle of that new Camry and crushed it to to the uh, floorboard, and it continued through our neighborhood. And during the night, uh, uh, I thought large limbs were hitting our roof, and I would go out, and I'm from Wilmington, so I was used to hurricanes, and it sounded like the wind was blowing continuously at 80 miles an hour all night long. So I go out with my flashlight. I could see no light, uh, no further than about a foot. That's how dark it was and how heavy the rain was. So the wind, the rain, and all that, and all the noise, it, uh, I couldn't tell. And it turned out the next morning I didn't have any holes in my roof, no limbs. It was the wet pine cones hitting my roof at uh, 80 miles an hour or so, which made them sound like bricks. And they would wake me up. And, but the next morning, what woke me up, uh, same thing has happened uh, when I was in the mountains uh, and woke up one morning at a motel there at Cherokee and uh, heard something sound like a hundred giant bumblebees, and it was someone running a, uh, a trimmer, a weed trimmer. And, and the same thing with Fran. 
Uh, I woke up uh, late because I'd been getting up all night. Got up about 9 o'clock. I was wakened by a sound of uh, chainsaws. And I, at first I couldn't imagine there were so many of them. And at the end of our uh, street, the uh, large pine trees were like pickup sticks across each other, 15 to 18 feet high. And these men had cut those so one one car width so you could get out of the neighborhood. The strange thing, they were, they were like uh, uh, angels. They had no identification. It didn't say Baptist men. It didn't say white power. <laughs> Uh, and so we never knew who those men were. They showed up and, and with chainsaws about, uh, looked like eight or ten of them. And, and we, never, a, we never found out who they were. But <laughs> the sound of the chainsaw was heard in the land, though, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. And you know that, and you pointed, and, and then, I need to do one more thing, and I need to let you go because we're out of time, but uh, you pointed to something that is really, I think, significant, and that is, you were confronting the what was going on outside, and you didn't know what was going on outside in the dark at night. It's a lot worse in the night than it is in the daytime. Oh yeah, anything. You don't have any time. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight and bringing us this word from Wake Forest. And uh, uh, I know there's a lot of big old trees up there too. Uh, and so uh, not so many anymore, and they're cutting them down. And I cut up too much, but I say if we keep on getting all these new subdivisions. Somebody's going to be suing us for false advertising, and it'll have to be just called Wake, North Carolina, not Wake Forest anymore. Well, we're Wake Forest down too many trees. We're going too fast. <laughs> well, Wake Forest, the, the the is my alma mater. So you mean I'm going to have to have my class ring changed to Wake? Hope <laughs> <laughs> not. It's still a beautiful place, and we have a. We have a great town, a great mayor over here. We just we have. Oh, it, it's, it is it's, a wonderful place, a wonderful okay. place to live. Well, you and take thank care you for your program tonight. Okay. Take care and keep listening. It's time for us to go, but uh, we're here every night, Monday through Friday. Okay. All Tom right. Kearney, good night. Good night. Reminding you that uh, tomorrow night is trivia night, and we hope you'll join us then.